Mija on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Indeed, a warm welcome to the Friday Nasih. I'm Yost Aishalat on the 14th of October 2016, corresponding with the 12th of Muharram 1438. And if I may, to wish my husband a happy anniversary for today, inshallah. We have the esteemed Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander with us in studio, a well known Islamic scholar locally and abroad. Sheikh has been the Imam at Masjid Al Quds, also one of the lecturers at the back then, I think, ICOSA Institute as well. And currently, Sheikh is the Imam and Khatib at Masjid Al Quds in Gatesville Masjid in Cape and also the president of the Cape Mazar Society and committed to propagate the legacy of the great Oliya of Islam. Sharis, an esteemed auditor and preacher, and occasionally receives invitations as guest speaker to seminars and functions. Sheikh conducts very successful classes and outreach programs under the banner of the Islamic Dawah Center in Cape Town. Sheikh has served and led pilgrims as a spiritual leader in Hajj and Umrah for 15 years in succession. Alhamdulillah and Kandli, also the founder of the Al Nur Hajj and Umrah tours. So um, we have Sheikh, a warm welcome. Assalamu alaikum. And you know, sometimes people say, Shoo, I didn't know that, uh, you know, all those things um, I'm affiliated to, but here we go. Sheikh, <laughs> this is definitely you. I think we've left Masha. out some of it as well. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Auntie Aisha, I'm very well, alhamdulillah. And I hope that you are too, inshallah, and your family. And mashallah, Mubarak, salamat for your anniversary. <laughs> I hear you say it's with Mahmoud's anniversary, <laughs> but you leave yourself out. So salamat, may Allah grant you many, many more good years, inshallah. I mean, I mean, to my mean, inshallah. Sheikh, today's topic, very importantly, is that we speak about the day of Ashura, inshallah. And I think, you know, sometimes, for, especially for our children, and I just want to, to make this example, you know, when we were growing up, subhanallah, we know that the 10th of Muharram was always celebrated. Yes. Um, because we knew if we go to madrasa or if we come home, there's always, you know, the gifts going around, mm. the sadaqah that goes around, and the children were always the one on the receiving end, subhanAllah. And this year I said to myself, you know, we're living in an era where our children, they are missing out on yes. the beauty of the day of Ashura. <laughs> and I said to my neighbors, and I said, I sent a, um, a message on the chat, and I said, um, you know, on Wednesday is the 10th of Muharram, is the day of Ashura. Can we all contribute so that we can make some lovely pass for mm. our children, subhanAllah. I must say a big shukran to the Sabis because really, you know, all the sadaqah just, you know, came yeah. and the children went home smiling, oh, Shaykh, yeah, alhamdulillah, subhanAllah. But in essence, there's a great history attached to the day of Ashura. Yeah. Yes, most certainly. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and also fun greetings and warm greetings to all the respected listeners of Voice of the Cape. You know, Auntie Aisha, you're just taking me back many many years ago when I was a pucky you know <laughs> we used to love the tent of Muharram because we used to get that little puckies lickers with the five cent and of a ten cent and and any dope peanuts the monkey Alhamdulillah those were the good old days and it's a pity that this tradition is actually dying out because it also leads to our children not knowing and realizing what Muharram is all about. So from the Quranic perspective with regard to the time period, the month that we are in, some people might be asking why are you making such a big thing about Muharram? Is Muharram really a blessed period? Is Muharram a sacred period? You know, um, and I want to touch basically on my message that I gave 
in my khutbah last Friday at Masjid Al-Quds. And I quoted the ayah from the glorious Quran in Surah At-Tawbah, where Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly tells us that since the very inception that Allah has created the foundations of the heavens and the earth, Almighty Allah has divided time into 12 months, of which four months are very sacred, which is the Al-Qa'dah, the Al-Hajj, and this month of Muharram that we are in, and the month, inshallah, to come in a few months' time, which is called the Rajab. But we focus on this one particular month, Muharram, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions or referred to in the glorious Quran as sacred and as holy in which we must not harm ourselves nor harm others. This is what the Qur'an clearly says. Also, if you look at the very authentic ahadith in Bukhari, Muslim, etc., you'll find mention is made of the month of Muharram, but also specific reference is made to the 10th day of this month, which is called Ashura. Now, you can see Ashura and the month of Muharram was already sacred before any event took place. Allah himself made it sacred and Allah himself made it blessed. And Alhamdulillah, I think our community was very fortunate on Sunday. And again, there, there was a replay of the brilliant lecture by Maulana Toha Karan, who is the Mufti of the MGC. He put things in such beautiful perspective with regard to the sacredness of Muharram and the day of Ashura. Because there's many, many political maneuverings that is going on. And unfortunately, this month of Muharram and day of Ashura is also bringing about so much um, ugly debates in our community, which can lead to the scourge of sectarianism. And already you can see what the scourge of sectarianism is doing in many parts of the Muslim world. We must really, really pray to Almighty Allah that that level of sectarianism never reaches the shores of Cape Town and the Aisha. Amen, amen, inshallah. Um, Sheikh, so just coming back also to the day of Ashura, and we're speaking about the significance of this day yes. and the happenings of this day. And I think, you know, for our younger um, uh, children tuned in or even looking at our non-Muslims tuned yes. in, probably they would also want to know, because I always say we have, um, I know of non-Muslim listeners yes. tuned in to get to know what the history of Islam as well. Most certainly, and I think many, many lectures have been given about Ashura and the month of Muharram but from the various ahadith, authentic ahadith that we have um, it states that um, one of the one of the reasons why we consider Ashura as very sacred, when the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam so came to the city of Medina and he found the Jewish community fasting and they said that they are fasting out of thankfulness to Almighty God for saving their forefathers from the tyrannical clutches of Pharaoh of Egypt at that time in the time of the Holy Prophet Moses, whom we call Nabi Musa salam. And the Jews and the Christians know about this particular incident where Almighty God Allah um, allowed Prophet Moses, Nabi Musa salam, to take his people through the Red Sea, open the sea for them. And uh, when Fir'aun, the Pharaoh and his army came, they were drowned. 
And that Pharaoh, his body was saved actually by Almighty Allah because at the last moment before he drowned, he said, I now believe in the Lord of Moses. So Almighty Allah asked him, now you want to believe? But I'm going to preserve your body that the generations after you will come and see how this tiny, tiny, tiny little human being claimed to be God Almighty. His body is preserved today in the museum in Cairo, which I've gone to witness on numerous occasions. And when you look at his body laying there in the museum, the man cannot even move a finger, he cannot move an eyelid, but it is the same man who claimed to be God Almighty. So one of the lessons we can learn from Ashura is that it was on this day that Allah Almighty destroyed the most powerful tyrant ever who claimed godhood for himself which also shows to us that kibber or arrogance boastful arrogance and pride can only lead to one's destruction whereas moses peace be upon him was a man of humility and humbleness and a godly person and his humility took him to the heights of god uh, God's pleasure with him and today when we speak of your own we speak about him uh, you know as a person who's actually cursed and who would destroy it but we speak of the greatest love and reverence about the Holy Prophet Moses about the Holy Prophet Jesus Christ and about all the great prophets of God Almighty who are people of humbleness of humility and God consciousness so that is but one one little lesson that we can learn from this day of Ashura Alhamdulillah on that note listeners do stay tuned there's more to come with you Alhamdulillah Alexander we go first and we'll be back right after that Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape Assalamu alaikum and indeed a warm welcome back to Jumal Barak and it, indeed we have Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander in our Nasiha program this morning speaking of Ashura and uh, the beautiful, you know, Sheikh has put it so beautifully that when the Prophet وسلم, migrated to Medina he had found that the people of Medina, the Jews and the Christians, that they were fasting on the 10th of uh, yes. uh, Muharram subhanAllah. Yes, the Jewish community. The Jewish community. Yes. So um, we, we uh, the Prophet peace be upon him had always said that we, need, we needed to be different. Yes, in fact, the Prophet said, um, I am closer to Nabi Musa, and that's why I instructed at that time the Muslim community to fast out of thankfulness that Allah has saved Nabi Musa and the believers with him. And also, the Prophet fasted either the uh, day before and we are encouraged to fast on Ashura or the 9th and the 10th or the 10th and 11th. Uh, last, the last wish of the Prophet before he physically departed from this world, he said, In ila qabil la ashir. He said, If Allah will grant me to live the following year, I will fast the ninth and the tenth. That was the last wish of the Prophet ﷺ, which he did not fulfill. But we today, is Ummah, can fulfill that wish where we can either fast the 9th or the 10th of Muharram or the 10th and 11th. Well, those days are gone by, so may Allah accept the fast of those who fasted, inshallah. Amen. Amen, inshallah. Shaykh, just coming to this, uh, you know, speaking about fasting as well, now we often find um, women who, you know, make that intention to fast, mm. and unfortunately, either they're in a state of nifas or they, they, yeah, they, they, they have their hate, yeah. and they often ask, so 
I'm missing out. So what could they have done? And I think it's it's it's, it's never too late to tell yeah. them what you could have done because this inshallah will grant you another day of Ashura, inshallah. No, most certainly I always respond in the way by saying that the very first hadith in Bukhari, that every action of every human being will be judged according to your intention. So if the lady had the intention to fast, but now she gets a khayd, what she can do, she can lift up her hands and make dua for those who are fasting. Say, oh Allah, those who are fasting, make it easy for them and accept it from them. Why? Because the Nabi said, if you make dua of goodness for, for another person, then Allah Almighty appoints a special malaika who says, Amin and grant this person better. So you see, you will get the, the reward for your, for, your, for your intention and also the malaika, the, the, the farishtas and the angels of Allah make dua for you. Sheikh, you've mentioned, um, you know, one of the incidents of the Dev Ashura of Nabi Musa <coughs> yes. and Fir'aun, but I'm sure there's, there are many other incidences as well that you want yeah. to recall and, and, and share with our listeners too. And the Aisha, there are numerous incidents which Allah caused to happen on this day of Ashura. And those is incidents doesn't make Ashura holy. Mm. Ashura was holy already, but all those particular in events, Allah caused it to happen you know, to, to on this particular day. If you look at the story, which is also known to the Jews and the Christians, as the story of Jonah, Nabi Yunus salam, was in the belly of the whale. And they cried out to Allah, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min which means, there is no God, O Allah, except you. Glory be to you, I am of those who wronged myself. And it was on this day of the 10th of Muharram that Allah ordered the whale to spit him out again on the seashore, alive. Now, again the incident that, or the lesson that we learn from here is that Nabi Yunus cried out to Allah from the darkness of the belly of the whale where there is no air conditions, nothing, and he was sure to die there. And out of that darkness of the whale's belly, he cried out to Allah. The lesson that we can take from here is, if we in this month of Muharram decide we're going to make a new beginning, cry out to Allah from the darkness at night on your musalla. Like Nabi Yunus a.s., cry out to Allah, that same Allah who turned to Nabi Yunus a.s. will turn to us and bring us out of darkness into the, into the light of guidance. So all these things are not only stories that we must narrate, we must actual, take actual lessons from here. The story of Nabi Ibrahim was thrown in the fire. He called out to Allah, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. Famous dhikr that we read. Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. And now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to the fire and said, Ya nar, kuni bardan wa salaman ala Ibrahim. O fire, I am your creator and I order you to become cool and grant safety to my Khalil, my friend Ibrahim alayhi salam. All these mighty events on this mighty day of Ashura, which has mighty lessons in for us that we can build a good, mighty life for ourselves, inshallah. When we relate, uh, like, like, like Shahna just mentioned, it's not just stories, but it's lessons that one needs, needs to take yes. from it. Um, looking 
looking at Nabi Nuh salam, being in the belly, but not forgetting Allah subhanahu Allahu wa ta'ala during that difficult time. Allahu Akbar. Always turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many other things, you know, the time is not enough for us to go into detail. There's, there's authentic ahadith and then there's some weak narrations also that speak about certain events that happen on this day. It is also believed that uh, one of the traditions that say that it was on this 10th day of Muharram that Almighty Allah saved the Holy Prophet Jesus Christ, whom we call yes, Nabi Isa salam, from being crucified on the cross and it was on this day that Allah raised him into the heavens where we believe as the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah we believe that Nabi Isa salam, is alive in heaven and is coming back prior to the day of judgment to kill the Dajjal, the Antichrist and also for many other purposes that Allah has decreed for him. So Yes, I can mention the one thing after the other what happened on the 10th of Muharram. But as again say, we need to draw lessons from all these incidents. After the break, I want to speak more in detail about another incident of great importance and significance that also happened on the 10th of Muharram. Inshallah, so listeners, we're not letting that out of the bag yet, so it's only going to happen after the air break, so do stay tuned. <laughs> Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum and indeed a warm welcome to your um, Friday Nasikha. I'm your host Aisha Lat, and we're focusing on the Rev Ashura with Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander. As Sheikh had mentioned earlier on the verse in Surah Tawbah with the, uh, the day of Ashura has already been mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So indeed this day was not, um, should we say, um, made great by its events as Sheikh had mentioned earlier on, but indeed by the verses already revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sheikh? Most certainly, and Aisha, it's very, very important for us to understand that because there's a lot of confusion and a lot of infighting in our communities with regard to certain perceptions. And as I said, so many events happen on this day. And one particular event that I want to refer to is, uh, which happened on the day of Ashura, was the brutal assassination and killing of the grandson of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Hazrat Imam Hussein Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhu. And what we need to understand um, to guard against the scourge of sectarianism coming in and for us to have infighting about matters in which we have no control, we need to put things into perspective. First and foremost, who was Imam Hussein? We need to make it very clear that Imam Hussein radiallahu an does not belong to any particular group. Whatever names they want to attach himself, and I don't want to make mention of any names, but Imam Hussein does not belong to any particular group. Imam Hussein belongs to all of us as who are believers and Muslims. Because first and foremost, he was the son of Sayyidina, Fa- Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha. That beloved daughter whom the Prophet sallam, loved very dearly. Secondly, he was the son, his father was Sayyidina Ali radiallahu who was the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and who also became the fourth of Islam after the demise of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
His grandfather was none other than Rahmatan lil Alameen. Sayyiduna Muhammadin al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the greatest of all Allah's creation, was the grandfather of Imam Hussein. And this grandfather, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, loved Sayyiduna Hussein to bits. From the time that he was born, he used to kiss him, he used to hold him, he used to carry him, he used to play with him, he used to allow him and his a one-year-older brother, Imam Hassan, to ride on his back when he was in Sajud, the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu And then also, the grandmother was none other than our mother, Sayyidatina Khadija al-Kubra radiallahu anhu. So the, pa- the grandparents, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi and Sayyidina Khadija, and his parents, Sayyidina Ali and Sayyidatina Fatima, that tells you volumes of all this young man Imam Hussein and Imam mm-hmm. Hassan was. Many people perhaps are under the uh, misconception that they were twins. They were not twins. Imam Hassan was born a year before Imam Hussein, And they both had the different characteristics. So what happened is um, after the death of the Prophet some Sayyidina Abu Bakr rightfully became the first Khalifa of Islam. After his death of about two, two and a half years, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu mm. an rightfully became the second Khalifa of Islam. And we know how stone she was through under his Khalifat, Islam really spread, Spreading. the Muslim world spread. Then after the assassination of uh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu an rightfully became the third Khalifa of Islam. And then towards the closure of his Khalifat, things started becoming very shaky in the Muslim empire. Lots of things happened with the result that Sayyidina Uthman was, radiallahu an was also assassinated and Sayyidina Ali became the rightful fourth Khalifa of Islam who later towards the end of his life was also stabbed in his salah. Then after that, Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu and also a great Sahabi became the Khalifa. And Sayyidina Muawiyah became, was elected as the Khalifa, but at the same time, people in Kufa also elected Sayyidina Imam Hassan as the Khalifa. So for the first time in the history and the development of the Muslim history, there were two appointed Khalifas. And they were basically nearly came to war with each other. You know, but Imam Hassan thought in his mind that already the Muslim world is so shaky and already so many Muslims have lost their lives. I'm rather going to step down and hand over the Khalifa to Sayyidina Muawiyah, who was also one of the great Sahaba of Nabi Muhammad. And you can hear I mention it over and over the great Sahaba. Why? Because no one but no one has the right to insult the Sahaba, to swear the Sahaba, to mock and insult the Sahaba and to curse the Sahaba because the Nabi alayhi salam is very clear Ashabi kan nujum bi ayyihim muqtadaytum ihtadaytum. The Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa say that all my Sahaba are like guiding stars. Whomsoever you follow, you will be guided aright. Yes, the Sahaba were human and they could err, they could make mistake but it is not for us to sit in judgment and to curse them and to swear against them. Now many scholars felt that just before the death of, of Muawiyah radiallahu an, he, he probably within his mind thought in order to keep the stability of the Muslim empire he appointed his son Yazid to be the, the, the Khalifa after him. And that many scholars also say that was 
a great mistake that he has done. And if it was a mistake, we cannot hold it against him. He is of the Sahaba. Things have gone. We must now see how we can bring about suluh and how we can bring re- reconciliation in our community. And unfortunately, this person, Yazid, everyone agree he was not a Sahabi. He never met the Prophet. He was not a Sahabi. According to some reports, he was a very tyrannical person. He was a person who used to drink wine and was a very ruthless person. And he basically wanted to force Imam Hussein to accept him as a leader. And Imam Hussein who stood on his principle, say that that is not permissible. Nepotism in Islam and, and for you now to come and declare yourself as King Yazid. You know, appoint yourself as a king for the very first time because there's no monarchy supposed to be in Islam. Imam Hussein did not stand for that and he refused to give his allegiance. The story is really in-depth and it is long. But to put it in a nutshell, because Imam Hussein radiallahu an did not give him his allegiance to Yazid, he was finally and ultimately killed on a plane, a place which is called Karbala. Now this has got nothing to do with sectarianism. This is our Imam Hussein who was brutally murdered. And I will not even consign those uh, who were responsible to hell because it's not my domain. Yes. Allah alone is Maliki Yomidin. All I'm asking myself as an individual on the day of judgment, when you who were those who were who were um, responsible for the brutal killing of Imam Hussein? They basically chopped off his head. They kicked his head around. They put his head on a spear and paraded it around in town. That same lips that the Prophet kissed, that same face and head that the Prophet وسلم, used to stroke as a grandfather, that same Hussein of whom the Prophet وسلم, says in a hadith documented in one of our hadith books, even uh, Imam Tirmidhi, where the Prophet said, Hussein minni wa ana min Hussein. Hussein mm-hmm. is from me and I am from him. His blood is from me. He is part of me. Whoever loves Hussein loves me. These are authentic hadith. And that's why I say Imam Hussein is not the Shia thing or a Sunni thing or whatever. This is our Imam Hassan, our Imam Hussein, our Ahlul Bayt. It does not belong to any particular group. It is part of us. Ahlul Bayt is mentioned in the Quran, so we must take back what rightfully belongs to us or what we feel has been hijacked in the wrong way. So Imam Hussein was killed at Karbala. And again I want to say the way some people commemorate this by cutting themselves, by pulling the hair, by hitting themselves and mourning uh, um, loudly, this is not Islam. That is not Islam. So what we need to do, we need to look at our history and draw lessons from there. What lesson do I draw from the from the killing of Imam Hussein is his uncompromised stance for the truth and for justice. Am I living the life of Imam Hussein and I and am I ready to lay my life down like Imam Hussein did for truth? for justice and for the development of the deen of Islam. And so I say, this is the lesson, not because of sectarianism, not because of this group or that group. I am a Muslim 
Islam is my deen. There is no such thing as this kind of Muslim and that kind of Muslim. Allah say, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Do not die except that you are Muslims. Mm-hmm. So these are the mighty lessons that we can learn from here. Yes, the brutal killing of Imam Hussein was sad. And the Aisha, it is so sad whenever I read through our seerah and I come to that part, I rather close the, the books because it makes me very emotional. Very emotional. It's my Imam Hussein also. I can actually visualize how he pleaded with, with, with Muslims. It was Muslims who killed him. And, you know, if you look at the Battle of Jamal and the Battle of Sifin, which was two battles of civil war that broke out between Muslims, more Muslims were killed by Muslims than Muslims that were killed by Kufar from the Battle of Badr, Uhud and all those other 14 battles. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So the lesson that we learn from here is this is what the scourge of sectarianism can do. We can rip this ummah apart, this ummah that the Prophet yes, and his great Sahaba and his Ahlul Bayt, they laid their lives down, they died. They gave their lives for the cause of Islam to bring about the unity, that same unity which is today destroyed because of sectarianism. We name ourselves this, we name ourselves that. Why can't you just be a Muslim? Muslim. So, inshallah, let's hope um, that we learn from these lessons. And also another thing, uh, if there's time for me to carry on? Yes, you may. Also, you see, the, the, the commemoration of Muharram and the Aisha should not be seen as rituals only. You know, Allah doesn't entertain us with stories in the Quran, but rather to take lessons from there. So, what situations and positions do you face today in your life, and how do you compare it with Ashura? As Imam Hussein radiallahu anhu rightfully, fearlessly stood up for the truth and for justice, our country today in South Africa is bleeding. This country that was once known as the country of milk and honey, this country, um, which was used to be a very strong country, but we went through dark phases of apartheid and it brought us to this level where we are now. At the moment, our country is in national crisis. Universities, prestigious universities are burning. And we need to fearlessly and rightfully say, give out the message that as Muslims, we are not in a lager. We are not living in isolation. We are South Africans also. We are Africans and South Africans. We need to be part and parcel of the struggle for justice. And that's why I made a call to our parents to stand with their children. We stand with the children that fees must fall in the sense that give education to those who really need it and they can't afford it. And this I I put the blame of what's happening at the door of the government. Because the, the example that I make is that many of us sometimes have to go to the hospital and we need to see a specialist. Yes. Do you know if you want to make an appointment with a specialist, they give you six, seven months waiting. Now you want to tell me the government is not aware of the situation? Why don't you make it so that you produce enough medical experts and specialists to see to the needs of the people? Look at our classroom situations, overcrowded with more than 50 learners in a class or in a lecture room. Why don't you produce more educators and lecturers to see to the educational development of our community, etc. Look at our economic system. 
You know, I say the rain has become murtat on the Aisha. Unfortunately. The rain is murtat, the ultimate murtat. I mean, you can see it when you go to Makkah and overseas. You, you can hardly buy anything with your rain. So Allah has taken the baraka out. So we need to look at all these things because this incident now, this national crisis that we are faced with is also causing a dent in our economy. And therefore it is going to touch all of us. And therefore it's necessary for us to stand up and, and, and identify ourselves as being with the struggle, but at the same time say that we do not agree with the burning of... Of, of educational institutions because the buildings, the schools, the colleges and the desks and the books are equally as sacred as knowledge itself. Indeed. And so this is our stance that we do. We do not promote or stand with violence. We stand for what is just and for what is right. I mean, inshallah. On that analysis, we will be going for our break to stay tuned. <laughs> Friday Nasicha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum and indeed a warm welcome. We're focusing on the day of Ashura with Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander. And I just want to take Sheikh a little bit back before we continue. Yeah. Earlier on, Sheikh mentioned after the demise of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Sayyidina Abu Bakr rightfully became yes. the first Khalifa. Yes. Sayyidina Umar rightfully. rightfully. The word rightfully you mentioned all the time all the and time. you stressed on that yes. word rightfully. Just, just tell us why you're doing that. You see, um, first and foremost, we need to understand that there are people who believe that uh, the previous three usurped the right from Sayyidina Ali but that is the belief of some people I say rightfully because we believe there's nothing you can do about history the Prophet during his very very last days before he closed his eyes he allowed Sayyidina Abu Bakr to take the leadership Mm -hmm. you know and that was like an indication to the Ummah that Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Abu Bakr is referred in the Quran as a companion with the Prophet in the cave when they f- made the hijrah from Makkah to Medina. And also there's many ahadith which spe- speaks about the greatness of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, <laughs> not that the others are less important. But it was like the Prophet Sallallahu encouraged the leadership of Abu Bakr. And then with regard to Sayyidina Umar, the Prophet said, mm-hmm. if they had to come a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. Many, many ahadith which speaks about the greatness of Sayyidina Umar. And it was the Muslim community who came together. And this is important, that there was like a, a democratic election, sort of, you know, that Sayyidina Abu Bakr became the Khalifa, Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Uthman. And Sayyidina Ali became the fourth Khalifa, but he gave his support to the th- first three Khalifas himself. And that's why I say rightfully. SubhanAllah. Um, Sheikh, then on that note, we can continue because I know there's so much that you, you want to still say in the short time that we have. Yes, as I mentioned earlier in the Aisha, that um, the, the commemoration of Muharram and of Ashura should not be one of rituals only. We need to look what is Muharram. Muharram means sacred. And therefore, Muharram signifies for me a new beginning. A new beginning as an individual and also a new beginning for us collectively as an ummah and as a community. And what a beautif- more beautiful than the hadith where the Nabi tells us, Al-Muslim man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadihi. The Nabi defines who is a true Muslim by saying that a true Muslim is he or she from whose hands and tongue other Muslims are free. 
You know, I don't harm other Muslims with my tongue or other people for that matter with my tongue or cause oppression with my hands. But then the hadith uh, continues by saying, Wal muhajir, wal muhajir man hajara Allahu anhu. And a person who is a true muhajir, someone who makes hijra, or someone not to commemorate the hijra only, but you need to make hijra yourself. Hijra doesn't mean you must move from one place to another. Here the Nabi say, the true person who makes real hijrah is the person who makes migration from that which Allah has prohibited you from. So you need to move away from the point of committing sins and wrongs to the point of the obedience of Allah. And this is what Muharram must signify. And the day of Ashura signify taking into account all the events that happen. How Allah always makes successful those who walk the path of righteousness and how Allah caused the destruction of those who walk the path of battle and falsehood. So which pattern I'm going to follow? The greatest resolution I make on this new year of ours is that, O oh Allah, guide me from the darkness of sin and unrighteousness to the light of righteousness and God consciousness. This is what the hijrah should be for us all about, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Um, we need to go for 20 past 8. We will be back right after this. Dear listeners, stay tuned. <laughs> Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum and indeed a warm welcome. Our topic this morning was that of Ashura and we have Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander still in studio with us this morning. And I, th- I, and I think, you know, in conclusion, Sheikh, when one looks at, um, you know, speaking about that um, th- at the beginning of a new year, the, the Muharram signifies uh, mm. 1438 is the year for us, subhanAllah. So though we, at the end of our Gregorian calendar, we shouldn't feel tired, we should feel <laughs> more energized because yes. we are Muslims, subhanAllah. Yes, yes definitely. And uh, we, we, we celebrate our new year not with obscenities or vulgarity, but rather in thankfulness to Allah for the life that we had and also for make, giving us the opportunity to start a new year because our lives are so short, Auntie Aisha. Uh, very soon on the 25th of October, the Voice of the Cape in conjunction with my Tuesday morning housewife forum will be having the Pink Hijab Day where we bring to mind the, the cancers that's ripping our community today. I don't know why there are so many kinds of cancers and leukemia. Uh, I don't know if it's because of our lifestyle and the things we eat today, but we need to bring awareness about it. And having these programs with the Voice of the Cape at Masjid al um Yes, I learned a lot. I, for instance, never knew that a man can also get breast cancer. Now check it, my John Charles, yeah, can open it up for <laughs> if there's any lumps or whatever. Alhamdulillah. But, uh, but we need to bring awareness and we need to educate ourselves and our community. So people should look forward for the 25th of October when the Voice of the Cape will be having the Pink Hijab Day in association with my Tuesday Morning Housewife Forum on uh, at Masjid Al-Quds, inshallah. Sheikh, um, the um, Housewives Forum on a Tuesday morning is only one of the classes that Sheikh conducts, or, you know, but there are other classes too. Tell us more about that. Yes, alhamdulillah, my housewife class really goes through the entire year till about uh, uh, December, and then we break for the month of December, then we start again. Uh, I also started now um, 
Monday, Monday evening coming inshallah. Uh, after Maghrib, on a Monday night after Maghrib, I started a discussion on factors which breaks marriage and which make marriage. So it is a lively discussion where I don't give the normal uh, nikah class, yes. but I interact with the panel or the people that attends. And I had the introduction on Monday, but we're doing the first lesson this coming Monday night after Maghrib. Factors towards understanding marriage in Islam and also factors which break marriage or that makes marriage. And Wednesday night, inshallah, after Maghrib also, I restart my Hajj class. But uh, it's a class of a difference where we discuss post-Hajj. Because people come back now, so what now? I've yes. been for Hajj, so what now? So Alhamdulillah, first and foremost, I want to say as the Al-Nur Hajj and Umrah to us, Ahlan wa sahlan to all the Hujaj that are back. And the Hujaj must come forward and let us interact, let yes. us discuss, and let us also look at the faults and the mistakes some Hujaj made during this Hajj that took place now. Let us be adult enough and discuss it openly that the Hujaj that will be going next year will not make the same mistakes Amen. again. So this Wednesday night, after Maghrib at Masjid Al-Quds, uh, um, post-Hajj and Umrah class for those who are going for Umrah in December or whatever, inshallah. Inshallah. Shalim, we were also asked uh, or requested to make dua, inshallah, for Nufa Mala. She's the daughter of Buddha Ahmad and Sumaya Mala all the way from Worcester. So um, she um, underwent an operation yesterday and is recovering in hospital, alhamdulillah. Um, so for Shifa for her as well as for Auntie Fatima Hakim and all those who are currently in hospital who are unwell and those, um, you know, going for operations, Mala guide the hands of the surgeons, inshallah. And for all those celebrating a birthday and like myself an anniversary, anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> must I wish myself? Subhanallah, yes, indeed, alhamdulillah. No certainty, Aisha, how many minutes do we have? Um, we have about two minutes, inshallah. Okay, so within that two minutes, we will make dua as requested for Nulfa, who's we had an operation, as well as for Antifatima and all the sick people at home and in hospital. May Allah ease their pains, take Amen. the pains away, and grant them Shifa and Kamila. We pray for all our May Allah put nur in their kaboors For all the birthday boys and girls May Allah bless them And for you and for Buddha Mahmoud For your anniversary And all those who celebrate their anniversaries May Allah grant you many many more good years Positive years Amen. of khair and barakat Inshallah And most important we ask Allah In this month of Muharram As we all make a new beginning That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Bring peace and harmony Amen. In all the countries that are so in turmoil Countries like Syria Palestine and all Iraq and Afghanistan, all the countries where mostly Muslims are the recipients of persecution and torture and hardship. Amen. May Allah bring ease throughout the world. May Allah bring peace and harmony throughout the world for Amen. all the nations of the world. Amen, and Aisha, let's ask the listeners uh, to raise their hands and join us in the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha because we ask Allah for our du'as and our needs through the barakah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi and through the haqq of Surah Al-Fatiha. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Sirat al-lazina an'amta alayhim. Ghayril maghdubi alayhim waladdalin. Rabbi khfirli wali walidaya amin. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. Subhanallah Rabbika Rabbil Aisyati 
عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الله يكسب ان جزاك الله خير والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته انت جود سيلف اس بول شيخ سيف تو ذا مسجد ان شاء الله